Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Welcome to the after party. It's time to change. You're just getting started. You can teach an old dog new ways and not just on Saturday. Hey, you all. It's Anna David with the After Party Pod. Yeah, how are you? I'm recording this Friday, dark out, six-ish. And this is an exciting podcast for me, an exciting episode to give you. And I'm going to get to that in a second. But first, I wanted to just check in and let you know. Well, the last episode, I talked about how it was my anniversary or anniversary week or something. So um, it's just like a couple days later that I'm recording this episode. And I, you know, I took a cake today. And if you don't live in California or a place where people do that, maybe you don't know what that is. Um, And in fact, I once asked somebody to give me a cake once who didn't know and he brought a cake like a huge cake to a meeting and you don't have to do that in fact it was sweet but very strange and you know it's just basically like you know that thing that you see in movies where the person gets up at the podium and starts talking and you go really is that really what happens at meetings anyway that does happen uh when people are celebrating 365 days of continuous sobriety and um yeah, you know, I just, it's like I want to medal. I, I want, I don't want to medal for the time. I want to medal for how profound my speech is that I give, which is never that profound um, ever. Uh, and it's, you know, you're meant to help the newcomer and not try to, you know, feed your own ego. But, but you know what? It was better. It was better. Um, I had girls I sponsored give me cake. It was good. Um, I got a little, not quite choked up, but, you know, a little verklempt. Do they say that? I don't even know. I don't even know. I, you know, I felt it. I felt it, which, which is progress, frankly. And, um, you know, but honestly, it's sort of like, I can't remember if I said this to you before, but, but it's like, I'm not a new year's resolution person because I feel like, well, every day you're in a program and you're working on yourself, you're kind of striving to do something to improve yourself and your life. So it seems kind of silly to, to make a list and and that day commit to doing it when it's not very realistic because, you know, it's sort of like joining the gym and working out every day for like a month and then, you know, burning yourself out. Um, you know, I think it works better if we're just like, yeah, I'm going to focus on this. I'm not going to focus on it to the exclusion of everything else and put all this pressure on myself because change is hard and, and happens slowly. But anyway, oh, and, and I think my point was that it's a big deal every day you're sober. It's not just a big deal on the anniversary of the day you got sober. So I say that to you um, as, my, as my thought for the day. Now, the guest I have is uh, a really good friend of mine. And when I say a really good friend, I mean like we've been to the Dominican Republic together. We have been to Spain together. 
Uh, we have been to Idlewild together. That's a great place, by the way. We've just been friends for 15 years or something like that. And, um, and it was fun to have a, you know, a really good friend on the podcast. Um, his name is John Griffiths. He is delightful, or he wouldn't be a good friend of mine, frankly. Uh, and, and, and he's been sober. Uh, Jesus, I'm so bad at this part. 10 years? I don't know. We get into it in the episode. Wow. Frankly, quite a while. Many years. Um, and he's really, really into being sober. He and I met when we worked at People Magazine together in the 90s. And he is now uh, the television critic for Us Weekly, and he has been for over a decade. And, um, you know, he, even though, of course, you know, with your friends, you know their stories, but you, there was so much I learned in talking to him um, that I had no idea about, but basically he, I'll give you the, I'll give you the, you know, the broad strokes. Um, he's 51. He grew up in Southern California. Uh, he had his first drink at five. That's something I just learned. And, um, and then, you know, he started heavily drinking more in college and then it was, it was pot and alcohol and eventually meth. Um, and he talks about, how he got into that, how he got out of that. And, you know, unlike a lot of the other episodes, you know, we talk a lot about the work of recovery. Oh, we take a long segue into suicide, which is always a fun topic. We also take a long segue into the word segue, which is weird. Uh, but, but, you know, um, he talks about being gay and how, how that impacted what that has to do, what that had to do for him with his alcoholism um, and his shame. And uh, we get into character defects. We get into the whole thing. So I know you will love him. I know I do. This is John Griffiths. I first started taking drugs by chewing blocks of hash. Oh, my God. I think my copy has, like, blood stains on it from shooting up while reading it. Party animal. I hate to say that because that makes me sound Paris Hilton. I was on the, as right. I call it, the Autobahn to nowhere. I'm very lucky because would you have wanted to have a celebrity junkie for a dad? Sure. We're going. It's happening. Oh, hey, Anna. Oh, hey, John. It's so nice to see you. Thank you for having me on your lovely show. Well, thank you for being here. This is this is truly, I've said this before, but this is true. Like, you are the closest friend I will, I've ever had on this podcast. So we speak so much. I am so honored. I mean, that is a sweet thing to say, and I love you. Well, yeah. I mean, I had... I, I've had friends of yours. I've had all right, the Bennett. previous guest, Bennett Yellick, yeah. who's, I believe his movie is number one at the box I, office right now. Yeah. I mean, I actually, I kind of figured that out. <laughs> we all knew. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber 2. I went to a screening with him last Friday. And Aren't some, you and some, fancy? And some other friends. Oh, fancy. You uh, and Jim Carrey and Bennett. And uh, uh, well, we took a photo with, the, with Jim and... Uh, What's the other guy? Jeff. Oh, you know, yeah. Jeff Daniels. That's but all. it was a poster, a big, like, cut Well, you thing. know. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I'll take what I can get. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> and you and Bennett, nice segue, used to have a radio show about addiction and recovery. That is a lovely segue. Um, I like the one you're writing right now, by the way. Yeah. I didn't know you interviewed people while writing a segue. you know I've never been on a segue? <laughs> I don't think I know you. You have not either. I have once been on a segue Please. with a, a, a friend of mine, Kyle. Okay. And... Uh, who I've met. Yeah. He has, uh, or had a Segway. Uh-huh. I don't know why. Or maybe he was like renting it for the weekend or something. Can, I guess you can rent Segways. You're claiming that you did a double, like you were on it as well? I did it. I was, I hopped on a Segway and I, I 
wrote it around for a little bit, and uh-huh. I was jealous because my other friends they did it well. Uh-huh. But there's a scale. I, I was sort of like teetering and tottering, like you know, get me off of this thing. This is scary. That I can picture. The segue. <laughs> Well, you heard about the guy that, like, didn't the inventor... Die like, on one? Yeah. I made that up. No, he, like, went over a cliff or something. Oh, my God. Whoops. Whoa, that's <laughs> bad. I was just reading a thing today about how GPSs are making us dumber, because all I do is use a GPS, even to go to places I go every day. I've driven with you in a car. Yeah, you know that. With a, uh, the, the GPS drove. I think we had a name for her. We did. We did. We named her, like, Sally or something. Or Delilah. I don't know. Did we drive to San Francisco? We did. We drove that whole Boy, way. this is awfully intimate. Do you think that you're... Uh, your they legions of listeners are... Yeah, I guess this is behind There's the scenes of Anna. Millions of people downloading it. No, you guys, <laughs> so into these people, these these listeners. Just go along with the ride. Is it fun? I, you know I don't know how to sound edit, so it's all in oh, here. Oh, yeah. You're doing great. Now, this is fun so far. I just I thought you were inviting your, your listeners to go on a segue with you. <laughs> or in your car with the, with the GPS. Yeah, after pretty bad. Oh, my point is that I was reading a story about how GPSs are making us dumber and obviously, and also cutting down on our ability to have like good spatial relations, which is, I already lack. Um, and it was about, you know, obviously people driving off cliffs and into lakes and stuff like that. Right, right. Well, you see it on the road. It's like, and, and even pedestrians, like, you know, with their iPad, <laughs> this is turning into kids today. Yep. Uh, but it's true. You know, I, I just, that's where some of my character defects pop up, by ah. the way, if you want to talk recovery and, and I get, a, uh, if, uh, if I ever wind up in, in being charged with something, I deny I'm saying this, what I'm about to say. You shouldn't. Incriminating um, evidence. Well, it's just that I get very uh, road ragey, yeah. light, behind the wheel at, mm-hmm. at drivers who are on their cell phones. But mm-hmm. you know what? I'm guilty of it. Mm-hmm. You know, who isn't out there in listener land? I would say road rage comes up at least every other episode <laughs> on this, just because I think it's a common issue for, right, right. for sober alcoholics. You are the least rageful person I know. You got mad at me once oh. in our oh. 17 years of knowing each other. Oh, this is so celeb rehab. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we met in, I want to say, 96. 96, those were the days. Yeah, yeah. that was uh, People Magazine. We worked at People Magazine. Yeah. And a guy named Johnny is still there. I think he's the last remnant. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. that's true. Everyone else is gone. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're still with us, but... Yeah, sorry, they didn't OD or anything, you know, in this podcast, you gotta be careful. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I was I was fired as a direct result of my alcoholism, and you know that. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know. I don't know. It was not that I was drinking. Uh, you know me, I, I have a different take on that to some extent. You okay. know, like, you know your story better yeah. than I do, to, uh, yeah. but I know it pretty well, and uh-huh. I know that... You know, we have a disease of perception, too. Well, we, we can, do. We, we do. have black and white oh. thinking sometimes. There might be a little slam of the jaw, guys. Don't worry. Oh, look at that. This is an interesting setting where uh, the offices of After Party Chat are. It's, it's, it's sort of like a, not a commune, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody, you are wearing a turban right now. You it's look great. It's true, and we're cooking. <laughs> Hello, uh, come on in. That is the, de- the believe it or not, this is a, uh, that's the next door office. By the way, y- these people know a little bit. We talk about the office some. It's always good to talk on a podcast about things people cannot see because it's right. super interesting. Oh, we paint, yeah, paint a picture, a visual, and just imagine, 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 uh, 
any office space, like the movie or the TV show, The Office. You know, okay. you're going to have your nutty people walking around. You're going to have okay, your but hipsters. It's not like that because those people all work at the same company, right? Okay, I, I'm getting worried that we are not getting into alcoholism nearly enough. Let's well, actually, maybe we are a little bit. We are, um, but, but and I'm also being controlling and don't hold your mic right. no, so no. close to okay, the face. Okay, okay, yeah, that's perfect. I really want to sing with this thing. I know. Can you picture? I'm holding don't. a microphone. Anyway, yes, let's talk recovery. Yeah. So. Okay, so you... Well, just to... Uh, yeah. We met, and then we didn't know that we were both, you know, in, in our disease. No, we didn't know, yeah. Yeah. We were not uh, partying together. No. <laughs> That's an understatement. And I don't think we knew that we had a disease necessarily. No, no. no everyone else was the problem. Yeah, I totes. certainly didn't have a problem. Oh, my God. And, but you, okay, so 96, so so you were... When did you first drink, John Griffiths? I first had a drink. Uh, well, I was in love with my best friend. Uh-huh. And, John uh, is gay. I'm just going to out you. Yeah, right I'm. I'm just uh, super gay. No, I'm just. I'm just. A, 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 I'm gay. On, I'm. I'm five on the one to ten scale. Of what not, does that not mean? the bell curve. Just me. I, well, this is going to sound. And, and I also have internalized homophobia. Oh, I, I yeah. part. You know. I think I used to. One of the big things I used to drink over was the fact that I was gay. Mm-hmm. I even tried to kill myself. Uh, yeah, let's talk about because I was. Well, I was. Uh, I th- my first sip of alcohol was something like lic- licorice flavored when I was five, and that was when I snuck into like my mom's liquor cabinet just to see what it tasted like, and I was like, that is disgusting. Never again. But then finally, uh, I fell in love with my best friend who was straight in high school, and that was so painful and, and uncomfortable and, and just, you know, I was a spy, I was living a lie, and I had to keep it secret. I told nobody, you know, uh, I had no confidant, and, uh, I, you know, I might have if I opened up, but at the time, this was like, you know, the late 70s, I'm a thousand years old, mm-hmm. uh, graduated yeah. 81, uh, so I just... Uh, did you just say I'm not? <laughs> like, a- Anna, for the record, is about no, 10 no, years no. younger than no, I, I am. No, I said you're not. You're not 1,000 years old. I'd like to clarify in case somebody thought that that was accurate. I thought you yeah. just said, as an aside, I'm not. Um, anyway. No, I'm 1,003, let's be honest. <laughs> you're a gorgeous 1,003. So, so anyway, I, I uh, manipulatively, in a moment to get closer to him, I got bombed mm-hmm. and uh, and really wanted to connect, and that's... I don't know why I thought that would be the way to do it, but it, it kind of worked in some way. I mean, just like getting to know him better, but not your best physically. friend. Yeah. So you already knew him well though. Yeah. But like to, to like really, I was like, a, a, you know, I was so besotted that I just wanted more just mm-hmm. like any alcoholic, mm-hmm. you know, or, or a- addict. Hello, come on in. Uh, <laughs> Just suffice to say, we're okay every time that big thunderous thing noise clap happens. I know we're in LA. Um, uh, Just pretend it's applause. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I was in love and I sort of drank, but it it, early on, like, it really helped me to connect with his friends and make friends. And I got stoned and drunk and and, uh, it was fun. For years, I went to college and. I made friends because I started, you know, not because, but it helped a great deal. You know, I always thought I was fun and a great guy and really interesting and smart and different and unique. And I just was amazing. And I had that big baby in me that, you know, they call the king baby. And and one of the pieces of books, literature out there, you can read about alcoholism. Uh And and, uh, I had king baby itis. And Mm -hmm. uh, when I 
started uh, to, uh, you know, when I was stoned and drunk at parties, that came out my fun side. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was not this like gay kid, in, uh, sort of in a, in a, in mothballs for lack of a better visual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was the fun guy and mm-hmm. I made friends and it was great for years and years. And, and, uh, and I did coke and ecstasy in okay, college. Okay, hold on. So, so Uh-oh. you had that drink at five, and then uh-huh. when did you start drinking regularly? Uh, well, the drinking. I was a binge drinker, mm-hmm. so it would be I, you know, uh, college. Uh, so high, high school, you high school, not really, mm-hmm. not really, just uh, college, like maybe freshman year of college. And you went to USC, correct? Well, I went to Orange Coast College for two years first, and then USC. I mean, how about edited out of your resume? <laughs> friend of 15 well, years. you know. Never knew that Oh, it's you. a dark secret. But, you know, I can say it now that Jill McHale did the uh, community. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's hipper now. Legit. And I've been told I look like him. Or, you know what? Or maybe act like him. You know, I see it. Yeah. I see it. I got to lose some weight. So, hold on. He's got a rocking bud, by the way. So, hold on. <laughs> you, are, you start drinking freshman year, and then, and did you always want to go to USC? Uh, yes, I had a little map, a little mm-hmm. plan. I, I wanted to be a TV programmer like Fritz Silverman or Brent, Brandon Tartikoff, but I didn't know how to go about that. It was at the time when, because I'm a, fifth, well, 51, I uh, I knew nobody. There were three networks, and it just seemed like the holy grail. So I majored in PR through mm-hmm. the journalism school. Mm-hmm. Took all the journalism classes that you know that were required, and pr- uh, print, broadcast, and my emphasis was PR. And I thought I'd get into entertainment PR, and and then somehow segue. <laughs> yeah, really. Somehow segue. Yeah. Uh, into. Programming or something, but right. that you know that didn't really pan out. But uh, it did lead me to People Magazine. Can we talk about that amazing thing you showed me that you made? I guess it was in college or maybe high school. I think it was like a TV schedule. I see where this newspaper. is going. This is a, this is you're you're trying this is to your fl- life. you're tr- well you're trying to like dig out a like a, a obsessive behavior. No, <laughs> I'm not. The truth is, this podcast is equal parts talking about addiction and equal parts talking about career, and I uh-huh. think it was really. Yes. Okay. So you wanted to be Brandon Tartikoff, but you were obsessed with television. Now you're a TV critic. So I think yeah, that it's that's fascinating, motivating, and interesting. Yeah, and it's also sort of uh, spiritual too. Not that you know my journey to, as a TV critic is spiritual, but just how things sort of lined up. Is very spiritual. Well, well, for people that um, in a way it is, and I'll tell you why. And uh, that, that that's sort of like a, that's a teaser for an upcoming moment. Yes. Um, I uh, really, I was so. In, in those mothballs, you know, uh, closed up and and uh, sort of traumatized by, you know, living in a world where people, you, you don't think that people are going to love you anymore if they find out you're gay. So before I had uh, pot and alcohol and cocaine and ecstasy, uh, et cetera. Oh, then, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> Talk about teasers. Yeah. Um, literally. Uh, so I uh, literally, um, what does that mean? But I'll explain. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just... Um, I escaped into TV. That was my first addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, some people have sugar or spinning, twirling, which is such an odd thing. Uh, you know, t- how many people really have? Twirling? I've heard about it a lot. It's odd. Yeah, little kids. Like if your kid twirls a lot, look out. You know, we. I remember in eighth grade, we did that thing at my friend's party where you could lean on each other's chests and pat, make each other pass out. Asphyxiate each other. Yeah, you never did that. <laughs> 
No, I never saw the appeal of that. But I know. can't believe I, I did. But I did. I, I don't know. I think I thought it was weird. But but it was like an activity. And her dad was there. And he right. was just like, I don't care. Oh, my God. We had near beer. Remember well, near he beer? Was, this is Northern California. So he yeah. was I grew up in a commune. I still am working in a commune. God bless. Um, <laughs> so, but, so but, yeah, I was ad- addicted to TV. It was mm-hmm. my escape. And also uh, my godsend. Like everything... You know, works for a while, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I just, uh, so I had my own fake network. I, mm-hmm. I, I created this fantasy virtual network, uh, you know, before the advent of the, you know, the computer really. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, well, look, I <laughs> now went- I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> They didn't have computers when I went to college. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Like it's, By I'm the way, I was going through there. some like stuff like a. When I first started my job at Us Weekly as the television critic, mm-hmm. which was 11 years ago, mm-hmm. I was getting screeners for shows in VHS form. Yeah. It's I think like, that I used to go over and watch them with you. Yeah. 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 And now we're now they're phasing out the CDs for you uh, people interested in that. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, CDs. What are those? I mean, DVDs. Sorry. Oh. See? DVD. They're, they're just oh, yeah, sending links. Everything's, yeah. Links. Yeah. Links. Why not? Why not? Anyway, this uh, before we get into the you know the Depressing total <laughs> the minutia, <laughs> um, the DVD was uh, created in. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I uh, created this. Uh, it was NBS, this TV network, and I wrote all like I uh, came up with shows, and I, I I had ratings for them, and I would have like I would write like variety articles that you know like on. You know, ruled paper with pens and uh, Davy Griffiths. That was my n- middle name or nickname. Yeah. Davy Griffiths, president of NBS. He had to cancel five shows a season. It was an off season for NBS. <laughs> and uh, but then we would always come back mm-hmm. and and uh, I did this for years. It was just uh, it was really it was fun. Mm-hmm. And I was a lonely kid. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. And you had a lot of step siblings. I did. I, I my mom left my dad when she was preggers with me. That's a word I learned from People Magazine, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Back, back in, in uh, back in the day, canoodling. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> canoodling. Oh my God. So yeah, I my mom uh, came from a very sort of, if you will, fancy upbringing. Mm-hmm. Only child. My dad, uh, you know, middle class and and uh, only child. And uh, um, my mom. They were living in Bogota, Colombia. My dad worked for the government, uh, U.S. government. And uh, he was sort of, I guess, a workaholic. And, and you know, he's, he's, a, he's a great guy, but he uh, wasn't mes- necessarily attentive mm-hmm. to my mom. Mm-hmm. And my mom is very ethereal and floaty and romantic and into D.H. Lawrence. I think, you know, some of this. And uh, she... Uh, you know, maybe had like a mild nervous breakdown and, or, or just, she just didn't like it there. Mm-hmm. And she was feeling very lonely mm-hmm. and she fell for this uh, Hungarian guy who turned out to be gay mm-hmm. and she, ah. boom, that's funny. <laughs> Hungarian gay guy. <laughs> boom. Uh, so she didn't have an affair with him, but she became friends mm-hmm. and he offered to be my father. Mm-hmm. I have a little note that he wrote and he was very handsome, by the way. Mm-hmm. Hot daddy. Um, so, but my mom decided to leave my dad mm-hmm. and uh, so came back to LA, uh, lived in Hancock Park for a little bit. Stop me when this gets to be, you know, routine or boring. And uh, I, um, 
my mom then we we lived for a little bit just the uh, after we lived in Newport Beach and then after that my mom like when I was five my mom met this guy with eight kids from his previous marriage and fell in love mm-hmm. and uh, he had had a reversal of fortune mm-hmm. so when I was five I moved into this house in the valley in, in Van Nuys called El Ranchito they had like a little name for it mm-hmm. and it was this clapboard house. Uh, you know, sort of running with scissors-esque, but not even that, you know, more like Tobacco Road, as neighbors called it. It was that house, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, holes in the wall and from kids, you know, just getting in fights. And, and uh, the kitchen counters just very, you know, filled with dirt and, you know, streaming down the, the, the cupboards and that had been there for a while. And So sort of great gardens. Yeah, when it was raining, all the pots and pans would come out to, to, right, to catch yeah, the right. water. And, and they were a loving, good group of kids, you know, that I was never bullied, but I was little Stewie from Family Guy. I was mm-hmm. just like, ew, this will not do. <laughs> and so I ultimately asked to live with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Newport Beach in high school there. And, and that was not necessarily fun either. But, uh, but I did make friends ultimately there, thanks to booze and pot. How much do you think what you're describing has to do with your alcoholism? Oh, and just if, if, if that doesn't sound like it tracks, I did do, in a way, I... When it, because I went to, to Orange Coast College for uh, a couple of years, the first year, a lot of my friends were still in high school because mm-hmm. I was a senior and they were juniors. Mm-hmm. So that's where, you know, I hung out with them a lot still like, you know, I didn't want the future to, to happen. I didn't know anything about getting a job. When I graduated from college too, same thing. I spent like a semester getting drunk mm-hmm. with a friend and it would always be binge drinking and, and, uh, you Are know. Are you avoiding my question? Oh, when did I, What? Oh, I'm sorry. How much did that... I'm sure I am. You are. <laughs> this is psychology Uh-oh. at work. Uh-oh. Now I feel bad asking you again. No, 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 Because no. maybe you need I'm to. all answers, baby. What do you got? Okay. So that was the straightest <laughs> you've ever been since I've known you. Um, <laughs> so uh, how much do you think that, that your childhood has to do with your alcohols? Uh, it was a great excuse mm-hmm. to drink and drug for a while. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't... I was... As I've told my mom... Uh, We've talked about it, about those days. And she said, that must have been difficult for you. I said, Mom, you know, it wasn't terrific to some extent, but it's not like, if anything, it helped make me a better person. And and it's not like I was like living in a mud hut in Mm -hmm. Darfur. Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, a a ramshackle house in the valley. Mm -hmm. But all of it. And I was gay. Yeah. Uh, I think... You know, I was shell-shocked after I was born. It wasn't I was shell-shocked because I was gay. Right. I was a shy uh, kid who, who was a little superior. My mom says that, you know, when she was pushing me in a cart, I would, like, at a, at a department store, I'd, like, look around and I'd go, pretty, pretty, pretty. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Dirty. <laughs> you know, I would be, like, super judgmental, like, like, <laughs> like this needs to be fixed. Um, and... Uh, so I think I was, and so as I told my mom, uh, you know, I, I'm grateful for those years because I think I'd be a lot more snooty to, to this day. I just said like different levels of socioeconomic, you know, uh, right. ability or whatever, you know, status and, and, uh, but yeah, I think I was just born uncomfy uh-huh, uh-huh. and baby wants to be comfy. Uh-huh. Here comes uh-huh. a boom. I just, they, oh, he closed it so softly. Oh, wow. That's Closing in so, so anyway, then you uh, 
Uh, drinking throughout college, having fun, yeah. being the life of the party a yeah. little. Vomiting out windows, uh, vomiting out uh, car doors uh, occasionally. Uh-huh, uh-huh. People over uh, occasionally saying, uh, yeah, occasionally saying things like, um, "Is John an alcoholic?" How do you know they were saying that? I'd hear it. You don't overhear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you sure My that friend Jamie said that one okay. time. No, 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 no. He they said yeah. it. Okay, and uh, so. Yeah, and there were some times where I'm like, why did I do that? I would always tell myself, oh, that was hilarious. Like, I would, like, some friends and I went out to a really nice dinner. Mm-hmm. I got smashed, and I opened the, the door to the restaurant while everybody was still seated. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, like, the whole restaurant, and I screamed at the top of my lungs, just like, <laughs> and. I don't know if that's that funny. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not at all, but you remember doing that? Yeah. Um, and there were, t- uh, yeah, there was a lot of, because it was college, you could pass it off as... as antics, you college know. antics. I had friends that were like almost swallowed, you know, vomit, you know, in their sleep and died. Okay, okay. So, hi, <laughs> let's get real. Let's bring it down. So then what ha- you graduate from college. I graduated from college and uh, this trajectory, it, I, I didn't know what to do with my life and I somehow... At college, I wrote for a magazine that uh, I helped start uh, that uh, wound up going, like being distributed as a freebie across certain parts of the country. And I interviewed mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves and Chris Isaac. And that stuff got me to People Magazine. And I worked there as a special correspondent on contract for about seven years. And, and what, what was your drinking like at that point? At that time, it just binge drinking, mm-hmm. you know. And, and what do you mean by that exactly? Every, like... You know, I could have a, a glass of wine with a friend or a couple glasses and say, oh, that was fun and, mm-hmm. and good night. It was f- very progressive for me. Mm-hmm. And then the next, the weekend, I, I'd be like, oh, my God, it's Sunday. I want to have margaritas. I don't care about work. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would blow it off mm-hmm. and have a bunch of margaritas and hook up with somebody maybe. And mm-hmm. I was, I came out of the closet when I was 26. And uh, so, so but even then I was like, you know, I was like out there and picking up people and, mm-hmm. you know, being a bad boy, mm-hmm. or, you know, and, uh, yeah, I wound up, uh, like, you know, uh, getting stoned a lot. I discovered pot and then it just got to be, it just slowly progressed. The only way it affected work was the occasional, like, can I turn that in you know, tomorrow instead mm-hmm. of today? And that didn't seem to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started to really go, wow, it was only years later that I was like, this is starting to affect my work. Mm-hmm. I blew off something re- in a really bad way mm-hmm. for the Washington Post and mm-hmm. uh, supposed to interview an actor and bake biscotti with him <laughs> for a, a lifestyle Ew. feature. Because I, uh, I'll, I'll say Scott Baio. He was so, he was. Uh, to this day, I, you know, uh, he was very nice afterward yeah. to some extent. I mean, he was initially like, you know, yeah, for furrowed brows, but 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 uh, I apologized profusely, and he wound up, you know, it turned out to be okay, and uh, you know, through the years, uh, I hope to bump into him. Is all I'll say. Anyway, you know? so yeah, I, I blew off the interview mm-hmm. I, at that. By that time, I had discovered speed mm-hmm. and the gay uh, epidemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and how that sort of progressed, you know, all the sort of wah, 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 loneliness. The, oh, God. So, and the, well, the, so speed, uh, we were, you asked about, 
you know, when did I realize or feel like I was an alcoholic and did I, did the past shape me? Um, I feel I have a disease and a mental disorder, light, sometimes mm-hmm. not that light, mm-hmm. uh, born with anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, a nervous condition mm-hmm. and TV calm that, uh, Ice cream, cookies, uh, common now. Now it's cookies that sort of keep it at bay to some extent. Mm-hmm. I'm pick, I've picked up cigarettes just a little bit. You're, you're always it, picking them up and putting just them down. Just one a day, I know. I've gone for a while without them. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, what, what gives me peace, you know, through the years, the trajectory has been, first it was TV, like escape, mm-hmm. uh, then booze and pot. And then ecstasy, got it, like bonding with friends. That's mm-hmm. what I always wanted to like mm-hmm. really connect with people. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how. I was sort of, you know, uh, you know was restrained and, and uncomfortable. And, uh, and knowing, like I said, that I had a lot of, you know, fun, fun stuff to bring to a friendship. And that really helped with friends. It, for years, it did work. And then I discovered speed because... Uh, Big baby mm-hmm. was upset he wasn't in a relationship mm-hmm. or, or, and would go to a bar mm-hmm. or a restaurant or a party mm-hmm. or a club and see some hot guy. You know the story, like a hot guy leaving with a hot chick or a hot guy leaving with a hot guy or, or you know, a friend hooking up with somebody that I liked. Mm-hmm. And this inner drama would be, you know, that's so unfair. Where's mine? Mm-hmm. So I decided, decided to start picking up... Uh, um, Hookers. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hi. Hey, hey, hey mom. mom. If you're listening, uh, close your ears. Um, the freedom I'm, that these parents don't really listen right, to these things. Right, right, right. I doubt it, you know. Although, whatever. But, I mean, my mom sort of knows this story. You're very been, open about it. Yeah. I mean, it. look, you know, the secret is... Uh, the secret is... But you're only as sick as your secrets, right? Yep, that's yeah. the saying. I just... I've always felt better, like, in friendships and, you know, uh, you know... If something's bothering you, say something. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about it. If, and, and if you're feeling suicidal, I mean, oh my God, you know, if, if uh, the, the, it's a temporary, it's a permanent solution to a, a temporary, temporary problem. Yeah. And uh, are you still working with the suicide group? I am. I wish I could be doing more for them. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on the Public Awareness Task Force for the National Action Alliance for Suicide Prevention. And uh, it's a wonderful initiative. It's government meets uh, private sector. Uh, Bob Gates, uh, you know, helped uh, you know, trumpet the launch a few years ago, and and uh, it's a it's a it's obviously there there are a lot of uh, suicide prevention programs out there, organizations, and this just adds to the mix. And uh, and so the public awareness task task force is, uh, is just getting the word out mm-hmm. and figuring out how to do that best. Getting the word out that that uh, the organization help. exists yeah. and, and and help and also. Uh, really specifically, how the media can can uh, better uh, report on on the what's really a tough problem for for gay youth and mm-hmm. military members and and uh, and how, how how closely do you see alcoholism and suicide suicidality intertwined? Well, there's it's such a mix. That, you know, there's cross addiction. You know, just when it comes to like co-occurring disorders, yeah, like depression yeah, yeah. and alcoholism, bipolar, and but but yeah. often when you hear about somebody killing themselves, do you think? I wonder. Is your first question? I wonder if they are not. They were an addict. Uh, I sort of, in a way, assume they were just, mm-hmm. or at least I go to like mental health issues, right. you know, depression and uh, well, sure, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> depression and suicide are connected, right? Yeah, they're handmaidens. Yeah, um, but when it comes to, uh, yeah, I, I know that. Uh, 
if somebody is an alcoholic, they're likelier to kill themselves compared to somebody that isn't. Yes, that's a given. Absolutely. Um, and I, there are st- statistics that show that. Uh, it is one of the red flag yeah. areas, you know. Yeah, um, and also middle-aged men. What does that mean? Are, are, are in, in, uh, that's a, sort of like a silent sort of suffering group? Yeah. In, in this economy, after the economy tanked, right? The financial pressure and stuff has really led to some, you know, unhappy guys out there. Yeah, pressure. But don't you think that circumstance? I mean, you know, it's a mental illness. Circumstances are never going to drive certain people to want to kill themselves. Whereas, not even especially bad circumstances can drive suicidal people. To do it right. I mean, it, it, there are you know. It, it's uh, I don't know. I can't, it's yeah. it's hard for me to even get in the mind of somebody that. Yeah. I mean, when I say I in, in high school, I did want to die, but I asked God, please, what, why did you do this? And like, why did you make me gay? And and uh, and it was a very half-assed attempt. Right. You know, um, it was uh, my mind. I don't think was. I tried to electrocute myself. Huh. Okay, by getting my hand wet uh-huh. in a sink, and uh-huh. I had a, a friend there to make it. I didn't want anybody to know. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to look like it was just an accident, because right. I didn't want anybody th- to think that I was that sad. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, for a lot of reasons, and mm-hmm. so I just put my stereo plug into the, the socket and got a big shock. I thought it would get me. You know, but you know, honestly, you know, when I think about it. I have a tendency to make excuses or just sort of gloss over some things sometimes, uh, and uh, or not, you know, or just have because I have a, a genuinely happy demeanor, mm-hmm. you know, which say. can be mislead, misleading to right. myself, right, you know, right. like like I can say it's no big deal and feel it, but then kind of go, dude, you yeah. tried to kill yourself, yeah, you know, yeah. So, uh, but but. I laughed as soon as it happened because mm-hmm. I realized how ridiculous is that. Mm-hmm. And my friend started laughing. He said, what happened? And I said, you know, I just got shocked. The irony, of course, is that I slowly killed my, tried to kill myself, right. with, you know, subconsciously with alcohol and drugs, you know. Let's talk about the meth. So, so was the first time you Let's did it Let's talk about the, the meth. <laughs> with, the, with the prostitute? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I thought it was sort of coke light. I had never, I'd heard of speed as sort of a, a you know, what uh, Louise Fletcher did in, mm-hmm. in Requiem, you know, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, what Housewives did in the 60s, little pills or mm-hmm. Hell's Angels. And I didn't think anything of it really. Was, I'm like, I've been around the block, you know, it's anyway. So I did what it. What were the circumstances? Were you at your house? At my, yeah, at the your time apartment. apartment. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and so he bring him home, and I, you know, yeah, and uh, he we listened to some music, and we were drunk. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of my like, you know, semi lost weekends. I would have her- terrible hangovers and stuff, but I was always getting my work done, and and uh, and I, you know, it just was like every few weekends I would have this wild hair, mm-hmm. and this is one of them. And uh, so I was drunk and like driving around and going into bars and stuff. And, and then I just met this guy. His name was Jerry, I remember. And he was really nice. And uh, because I'm, I'm a romantic, I think I get that from my mom. I always was like, you know, the one that like wanted them to know that I was the, the nice John mm-hmm. that really meant that, you know, earnest like this. I respect you. Mm-hmm. And I thought that they thought I was amazing and so funny and sweet they probably that did. I was a different, you know, yeah, you know, I dodged several bullets, you know, like right. there have been people that have been chopped up, 
literally. I know. You know. I know. And uh, the worst that I had was that my VCR was stolen once. Remember those? <laughs> Speaking of the VHS tapes in our age, yeah. right, right. So, so, uh, so I, you know, I did it, and uh, so he comes over. He says, "Well, you know, I got something." And you go, oh, is that cocaine? Like, what yeah, happened? Yeah, he said, let's let's do this stuff. And mm-hmm. I said, oh, and, and he's and I don't want to get too graphic, but he said, you Snorted know, it off my dick. <laughs> no, not quite. Sorry, guy. But you know, he just said that this this will surprise you, and mm-hmm. I'm and oh. I'm, I'm euphemizing. Euphemi- yeah. euphem- I'm euphemizing. <laughs> You're euphemizing <laughs> your oh story. God, no, okay, so it was good. What it happened? was good for a couple of hours, but uh-huh. then you become this insane robot that is soulless and weird, and you keep repeating yourself, or at least I did. That first night, even? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But, of course, like anything, you forget that part. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the alcoholic says that they, you know, almost swallowed their tongue the first time they drank, and then they're, but they're ready to, it was still fun, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... Um, so, yeah, the, it was, so then, when did that start becoming a habit? I did that maybe thing? every six months. For the, the hooker and the and the meth. Yeah. And was there no meth in between? Not really. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it was every three months. Yeah. And then it was every month. And I can't even imagine. I'm such a lightweight. I mean, honestly, how? And it would always start with like a margarita or mm-hmm. some beer or something at a you know innocent enough at a you know Mexican restaurant or, or something. Yeah. And uh, friends would say, John, you're not because I was started to open up like there was bitterness that, that started with this. I wanted Jake Gyllenhaal mm-hmm. or something like that. And, the, you know, again, with an irony that really tells you I wasn't looking for, you know, I wanted something amazing. Right. And I thought that I was getting gypped from life, that mm-hmm. I wasn't getting what everybody else got. But who gets Jake Gyllenhaal? Right. You know, come on. Chris so, Kirsten Dunst. Totally. Taylor uh, Swift. Really? Oh, right. right I'm right, going right. back. God Look, I used to work at People too. I know this stuff. So just love, oh, right. Um, so, you know, it was just add water. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, suddenly you are that amazing, hot, sexy guy, and mm-hmm. they are like thinking you're amazing, and it's just really super intense. It's like Limitless with Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. And, Loved that movie. Oh my God, it was so good. They're making a. a Limitless 2? I think a, a series version, believe it or not. That was so good. Yeah. Um, so. So then you It didn't did work you, from the get go. Did you oh sorry, did I ask you, did you do meth without hookers? Uh no, it was really you know, yeah. this isn't unusual. It, it's pretty con- like there are the, the, the quote tweakers that like to take apart clocks and cars. Yeah. yeah. That was never ever me. Mm-hmm. And uh there then there are the tweakers that um like to prowl, mm-hmm. have sex and then uh, have paranoid episodes, psychotic mm-hmm. episodes afterwards and look out the window and think that the FBI is coming after them. And how many of those did you have? That's, that's when, it, like, I, too many. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, towards the, maybe, like, uh, God, like, the last five or six or seven times I did it, you know, and I just, it got to be so miserable. That's what ultimately... You know, when they say think it through, if you if you have a trigger, you're like you know feeling like maybe I'll have a drink, mm-hmm. uh, because if if speed is the issue and you think that alcohol really isn't that you didn't, then I'll just stop doing speed. You're, right. I'm full. I was fooling myself. It took a while because I realized, oh God, I only do it when I drink. So Jesus, I have to stop drinking. Yeah. And then I realized, God, like the alcohol was never my you know like it, for years it worked, but. 
I was getting stoned and and tipsy on red wine almost every night and yeah. eating donuts from the shop across the street mm-hmm. from my apartment. Mm-hmm. And for a guy that was so loving and gregarious and had parties with friends and really loved to go out and check out the new restaurant and the new club. And, and, you know, I, I fancied myself a hipster, like, Oh my God, I know Silver Lake. And mm-hmm. even like in, in the eighties in, in college, it was like vertigo stock exchange, uh, flaming Colossus. I don't even know. These oh, these are like old clubs, you know? And, uh, and you know, with they had you know people dressed up back then. It was very less than zero, and <laughs> and, and wore jackets to clubs. You know, it was weird. Um, I mean, it was great, but anyway. So, but you uh, weren't doing that anymore as you were home. No, looking out the window for the FBI. I was on my couch watching bad shows that I couldn't remember the next morning, mm-hmm. writing down things that made no sense, mm-hmm. that like great script idea, <laughs> getting pissed off at every guy that that I had met that became a. a an executive or a, a, a TV, you know, success or something, mm-hmm. and not thinking for a second, well, that maybe they worked for it, and I'm just sitting here doing what I'm doing right now, you know. What were some of the notes you wrote yourself? Do you remember <laughs> the ideas you had? Uh, I, you know, I don't. There's this one thing that a, a comic said one time that is just, it, it's it, to me, it just epitomizes that whole phase. He said, you know, you know, how on. You know, when you're stoned, you think that you 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 have the most genius idea. He said, "I wrote this great idea down, and I'm like, oh my god, this is good, this is it." And the next morning, I woke up and and I looked at the note, and it said, "Chicken monkey." (laughs) 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 What does that mean? So I had my I no, but I have my equivalent of chicken money, chicken chicken money. (laughs) That is a good one. (laughs) Let's make some chicken. Money. <laughs> so, oh so my god! You um, that'll be five beaks, please. So you, <laughs> so stupid. So you then um, said, "I've got a problem. I'm going to do something about it." And I didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I, I went to the Gay and Lesbian Center in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. which is now the Los Angeles uh, Gay and Lesbian. LGBT Los Angeles Los Angeles LGBT Center, mm-hmm. which saved my life. Um, I did therapy, and a couple of the therapists there uh, suggested the uh, certain recovery. Yeah, you can say it if yeah. you want. Up to you. I don't well, care. I mean, you know, they, they they tried to get me into recovery. Yeah. and at first I was resistant, but there was this uh, crystal meth. Uh, group, yeah, sort of harm reduction group. Oh, harm reduction. Yeah, with yeah. a couple of therapists there and six people, mm-hmm. and uh, I kept slipping as they they. I was just pasty and, and just so I was almost gray, and I almost died. It was in the hospital after like a a crazy. I don't uh, know this. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I'll just say without getting too specific, it was drug related uh-huh. and alcohol related and everything related to that. And uh, what do you I, mean? So you had to be? Did an ambulance come? Uh, yeah, I was put on a gurney, and uh, oh, one of the okay. hot um, paramedics you said, "You were able I, I don't, to see that." Yeah, mm-hmm. but I couldn't literally get out of bed. I was vomiting cranberries, and uh, uh-huh. but not cranberries. 
it was uh, stuff for me. Okay. Yeah. And I was thrown on a gurney, uh-huh. and one of the guys said, I don't like the numbers on this guy, the, meaning the blood. Uh-huh. I was lo- losing a lot of blood, and uh, we have to take him to the, the quickest hospital, not the, the place where you know my insurance dictated or something, or preferred. What had happened to you? Do you know? Uh, yeah. I had uh, hepatitis A. Okay. Not B or C. Okay. Uh, hepatitis A is the kind that you, uh, if you get, you know, it's like the worst flu ever. You'll never get it again mm-hmm. or measles or something. But mm-hmm. uh, it's not um, it's not something that you would uh, transmit to somebody else mm-hmm. later, you know. Uh, it's just uh, you don't have to go through interferon or anything like that. It's like something I don't have now, mm-hmm. you know. It, it You just, you have it, then you're done. Mm-hmm. But it's miserable. And uh and then there was also maybe a gallstone attack at the same time, just by coincidence. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It's when one doctor thought. And so, yeah, I was in, uh, in intensive care for but, a few and days. And alcohol and meth exacerbated what that yeah, was. Okay. Yeah, there was something that I, I just wouldn't have done had I not been high okay. and drunk. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So um, even after that, I, I kept using mm-hmm. and drinking and... Did this harm reduction group, so they were just like, you can do meth sometimes? Or? They were. They like, really were pointing you towards recovery. But right. And there were some people in 12-step programs, and I thought they were like, you know, cult members. And, uh, you did? Yeah. I was like, uh. Right. And, uh, and, but people would just, you know, like disappear from the group or just go crazy from psychotic episodes and... And then I, I got into back to the booze. Uh, I on my fortieth birthday, I was miserable. I just didn't have in my life what I you know. I was just so depressed uh, for whatever reason. Um, I had that spiritual malady. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have a. I didn't know what was wrong uh, with me, but I knew that that uh, I was miserable. Mm-hmm. And my fortieth birthday was just. Of the most boring 40th birthday ever and uh and i got drunk and then so bombed that i got into a fist fight with a friend mm-hmm. which is so not me but i did mm-hmm. and uh to the point where i couldn't go out for a few days afterwards i was af- afraid people would say <laughs> you know like oh i bumped into a door you know that kind of thing oh wow okay yeah 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 and uh and so when I'm sitting alone uh, a few days after my birthday, there's what I call the lazy Susan now. It, pot, mm-hmm. uh, red wine actually in the kitchen, mm-hmm. donuts and cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And I was, oh, okay, I need a little bit more pot now. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I've got a li- I'm a little bit paranoid because mm-hmm. pot was so much fun. I could, at parties years earlier, I, I made friends on it. I could go out to, it was like not pot, you mm-hmm. know, in a way. It was just fun. Mm-hmm. I smoked fun, but then it became super like everybody <laughs> out. I yeah. want to stay. I want to be alone. And, and yeah. John, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Just, you know, I just want to go sleep mm-hmm. and, and actually just get stoned. Mm-hmm. So uh, my world was becoming very small. Mm-hmm. So uh, then I, so I had the pot, the red wine, the cigarettes and the, and the donuts. And I just realized, God, like going from one to the other, I thought this is really actually boring Mm -hmm. and suddenly i realized this could be my whole entire life Mm -hmm. this is more boring than the thought of not not doing doing anything yeah you know like i was like because i couldn't imagine not doing any of that yeah but now finally i was like wow this isn't the way to go yeah so but i didn't know how to stop you know i was doing that support group and then finally uh, you know the next day i 
had told a friend what had happened, and he was in one of the programs mm-hmm. and and uh, offered to help. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, October twentieth, two thousand and three. So. And were you uh, immediately into it? Yes. Immediately from day one. Yeah. It was not easy. Right. I. I my brain was a big molten brick, very mm-hmm. rigid, and I couldn't mm-hmm. smoke enough cigarettes, and mm-hmm. I was very uncomfortable. And But I just I found uh, peace and solace and an oasis in, in talking to people that had gone through the same thing. And mm-hmm. I really, really glommed on to the, you know, the they're not trite sayings. It's like just stuff that was really practical. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now... Uh, how are we doing on time? You're so. amazing. Do you what? What were? And I don't mean to put you on the spot because it's always hard when someone asks something like this. But what were some of the sayings that spoke to you the most? Uh, I just want to know about the time. Like, what time is it? Because I have my car being towed at four. Yeah, well, you couldn't <laughs> be more fine. Okay, good. All right. Okay, we're back. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. Um, go on. So, the question. What were some of the sayings? Oh. Uh, Think it through, mm-hmm. you know, that really helped just that, mm-hmm. that one alone. Like I, you know, every time I would feel uncomfortable and, and cause I, I knew in the morning, you know what, it's not just about hearing the phrases. It's about knowing if it strikes you that that's something important to, to, that will be helpful mm-hmm. to, to remember every morning when I meditate mm-hmm. and pray, mm-hmm. you know? So in the mornings I would start doing that. I would just say, you know, Please, God, help me to remember to think it through whenever I feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Pause when agitated. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, uh, fake it till you make it, act yeah. as if, or, yeah. you know, the stuff like I sometimes I would, you know, still, I haven't done it in a while, but if I feel like I'm in a really crappy mood right. and I'm in the shower, sometimes I'll just pretend that I'm in a, a soap commercial, you know, and right. then like, hi, and I'm smiling and, you know. Letting my Irish spring out or whatever. And I feel better, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And because sometimes it is just about, not always, but sometimes it's about a, a reset and a shift. A perception. That, yeah. You know. What do they say? You can't write your, you can't think yourself into proper action, but you can act yourself into right thinking. Why does that not sound right? No, that sounds good. That doesn't sound right. Okay, but briefly, I want to talk about how you started that recovery, the predecessor to this show, if you will. You worked for a recovery network. Oh, right. Uh, there, uh, it was called the Hollywood Pitch, where showbiz meets recovery, mm-hmm. and you were one of my I was uh, favorite guests, illustrious guests. Yes. Yeah, that was fun. I did that for about a year. It was it was a weekly show, and I did it with Bennett mm-hmm. as my s- sort of you know uh, co-host. If yeah, you know. exactly. And uh, he was you know the funny guy, obviously too dumb Please. and dumber writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we talk about doing it again, and that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everybody's so busy. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me, as I. You know, alcoholics burp too. Uh, (laughs) Alcoholics, they're just like us. (laughs) So, uh, and that was great. Uh, It just, uh, you know, I got to meet, you know, great people like Jim J. Bullock and Mm -hmm. and Holland Taylor from Two and a Half Men was a guest. She was was not an alcoholic. But she talked about playing one. Well, and, and, well, her, and, and uh, her father. Okay, yeah. Or a family member. Well, I'm not sure. Yeah, true. Okay. Yeah. Don't mean to diagnose. I certainly don't do that. But um, yeah, and you had Heather King, yes, amazing a, a, a writer. Author and, yeah. And uh, the cast of uh, 
this show called Halfway House. We also talked to producers of House, talking about um, the doctor, you know, House's pill uh, popping right. uh, storyline, and right. and we talked about suicide and smoking and and uh, all and the experts fun and, topics. Yeah, it was fun. It was zippy. So to wrap up, by the way, congratulations on your show. <laughs> <laughs> to wrap up, what is your life like today as a man in recovery? Well, everything else. Yeah, uh, things are pretty good. You know, it, there, there's a, a friend wrote a song called "Life Got in the Way," and it's very sweet mm-hmm. um, or t- uh, poignant. And life does get in the way sometimes. I've got a doggy that one of my three dogs has uh, a thyroid tumor. Aww. Yeah, it's inoperable. Uh, Watson, Aww, the oldest Jesus. one. Yeah, I know. And my dad is going through. You know, it's a milestone. He's 85, and he's. Uh, you know, he's 85 and yeah. he's got some health issues. Uh, but in general, I am, because I'm in recovery, I've, I've done all the work uh, or, you know, I continue to do it, but I've gotten to really uh, be honest with, I, I can list all of my character defects like the, you know, look with joy. I, I, I know I'm judgmental and, or can be judgmental, manipulative, uh, Childish. I have a sense of entitlement. I, I'm needy. Uh, I'm self-righteous. I'm indignant sometimes. I'm. I'm. Uh, I mean, it can just go on and on. But but asking my, you know, asking God to relieve me of these character defects on a on a fairly daily basis mm-hmm. really helps me to see my part in 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 my. Uh, reactions to the world and i'm just so much happier because i i have they're like little golden nuggets you know like i'm demanding i'm uh i objectify rich people famous people good looking people Mm -hmm. and successful people in show business Mm -hmm. but you know what since i've been doing this from like you know for like 10 years now i don't really anymore some of these have been alleviated i'm like oh hey honey how's it going you know i'm just much more comfortable with things and and uh you know, I'm self-condemnational and so and, and critical, say, and yeah. I can be very unappreciative. You know, I'm not living in a mud hut in Darfur. Yeah. You know, and uh, so, and then also focusing on the the goodness of life. I'm, I I just uh, I feel so much love usually. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I have a lot of love in my life. That's what what I've learned in recovery is that there's so much. I don't bitch about what I don't have. I mean, I'm unappreciative to some extent here and there. Just things pop up. Like, eh. I don't see you like that at all. Well, it's more about fear of the, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, worried about the future mm-hmm. to some extent. Mm-hmm. But that, even that, I have much more faith, and everything's going to be fine. And, and I just have to try to uh, get out of my get get out of myself and be more loving and giving to other people. And I pray for. Uh, you know, please God fill me with a deeper sense of empathy, uh, understanding, humor, courage, strength, wisdom, mm-hmm. patience, kindness, uh, joyfulness, uh, humor, creativity, imagination, uh, understanding. Um, and I think of all the good concepts in the universe and it just, I just start getting all yummy feeling in my bed or if I'm mm. on my knees, sometimes I'll be praying or, and, and I just like, I get, my neck starts to uncrick and I'm like, Oh, that's better than a stretch. And, mm. uh, it just feels good. And, and, uh, I don't know. I tell, uh, other people that are having troubles. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why the, the way the world is. I, I don't know why there's war. I don't know why people are mean to me. That was another reason that I got drunk and stoned a lot. It was mm-hmm. people are mean. Mm-hmm. That guy didn't say hi to me when I walked by. Mm-hmm. I can still get, uh, 
sensitive. Like I just said hi to that person. Uh, I get like that. What too. is wrong yeah. with them? You know, yeah. I don't know. They might be autistic. They might have just found out they have cancer. Right. They might be having a very busy day. Right. And, and it's this endlessly hear. taking everything personally in this right. thinking it really has to do with us. Right. Right. You know? and, I, and I saw the uh, your post today or the, the, this, uh, on after party chat. Uh, your your website. I don't My know website. You know. I don't know you if I read website. it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, what? Uh, on, uh, the, the doctor talking about narcissism and cr- cross. Oh yes, cross- yesterday's yeah. post. You oh, mean yesterday. Dr. Paul okay. Hockmeyer? Yeah. Yes. What does narcissism have to do with alcoholism? Yeah. A lot. Let's ask Hollywood. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I it's uh, it's a disease of perception, forgetfulness for me. I forget. That's why I need to constantly do the work. If I just sat back and did nothing, mm-hmm. I'd be out there, you know, at a party. Like, oh, that champagne smells kind of good. Can I have a little bit? Right. You know, so it's it's vigilance. It's uh, and yeah, I'm a loving, fun, giving friend, but I'm I would also. Say. Uh, childish, selfish, self-pitying. Wah wah wah! I'm grabby, you know. It, it's, uh, grabby. I I will be at like an event, like a work event, uh, and uh, there will be like freebies. Like it could be like mints in a tin, and I'm like, <laughs> they're going in I, your pocket. Like, I think I'm going to get like a, like maybe I'll take tens. So yeah, I can give yeah, them yeah. away for Christmas. Something <laughs> you know, crazy, you know. And and the the. Uh, the universe has, has uh, exacted revenge by filling my garage with junk. Yeah, you know that yeah. I'm going through now. But um, anyway, so so life. Uh, oh, I was going to say that I'm much closer to my mom and my dad than I ever, ever, ever thought I would be. Yeah, uh, I've let them know that, like when I said at the at the, at the top of your show today, mm-hmm. I don't. When my mom said, "Do you?" Uh, you know, that must have been really rough for you, you know, growing up with those eight kids and not knowing where, you know, and I said, Mom, it was great. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you in a way because mm-hmm. it really helped me see, you know, the world on, on a more, with more perspective. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it shaped me. And her, that was part of my sort of letting her know that, and I said, I was a weird kid to start, Mom. It, it was, I was just, you know, strange. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just born a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. And, and today it's like it's in a great way. Yeah, you know it's fine. Say. You know, and not that different from I'm not as different as I used to think I was. Right. Oh my God. You well, know. Right. When you get sober, also you realize that there's a lot of different people out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, life. It, like I, I used to look at like you know TV shows like from a distance, like oh my God, I can't believe those people are that way. Turns out a lot of these shows are based on how crazy and different people are. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So uh, well, my well, mom just like her her shoulders just lifted. Hmm. And, uh, and our relationship has been different ever since, you know, closer. Well, darling, I don't want your car to be towed. So oh. let us end on, you know, my you being a beautiful, different, wonderful, alcoholic, Thank gay you, my man. Love. Oh, my God. Thank you it. so much for doing this podcast. Thank you. Okay, so that was John Griffiths on After Party Pod. One John I also want to talk about is the John who sent the nicest email this week. Um, he's a Greek listener. He lives in Hoboken. Um, and, and and he just wrote the sweetest email. And I cannot tell you how much these emails mean to me. So John, John M., thank you. I hope you guys like John G. And I will see you next time. <laughs>